Hi, welcome to another PSD cast from Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got uh, Dwight Stewart from, uh, he's with the uh, Power for Ethernet Lighting Software Company, um, Igor, and well, actually, first off, welcome to the show, Dwight, and second, that's a lot of things packed into that name, isn't there? Oh, thank you, Alex. Yeah, there's a... yeah, it's kind of an exciting uh, business opportunity that, you know, this isn't my first business, and I'm most excited about this one compared to what I've done in the past. And, yeah, Igor itself, the name it represents, you know, that Frankenstein, uh, we're bringing things to life. So we, we think about it as bringing uh, inanimate objects like lights digitally to life. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you're the CTO and one of the co-founders, Correct. That's correct. Yep. Um, yeah, the kind of the story behind it is, uh, well, it would have been about 15 years ago now, I started a, a company that really specialized in building control systems integration and gathered data. And this was right out of college that I started this, like, uh, gathering data from various buildings, including the U.S. Capitol Complex, everything but the White House, uh, NASA, Harvard, Duke, Yale, Columbia, um, had a partnership with uh, Siemens. And that became very successful, grew to about 40-some employees, and then uh, had a lot of interested parties uh, that wanted to invest in the company or buy the company. And one of the suitors were uh, Cisco Systems. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're the largest computer networking company in the world. And uh, we ended up taking investment from someone else, but I maintained a very strong relationship with them. And about would have been about three and a half years ago now that uh, I had sold that company and uh, Cisco called me up and said, what do you think about using power over Ethernet for lighting? And it, uh, you know, it was a much larger opportunity than just powering lights. It's <laughs> controlling those lights and, and using it for sensors and creating a digital ceiling, really. Uh, optical transceivers. Yeah, exactly. So it's not just a one-way path of light getting to a space, but it's about, you know, it, it's a plug-and-play infrastructure. It, it goes beyond using a regular electricians because it's low voltage. It's a, it transcends into more of an IT-type application. And now, you know, it's just plug-and-play from the hardware all the way up through, um, you know, we have software that as you connect different things into the network, um, that those devices then are discovered and you can automate that and then that information is collected and then sent up to the cloud. Wow. So now, um, Dwight, that's actually, you, you, you partially answered my follow-up question already, and that is, uh, I was about to say, is it now, are you just isolating light or, uh, you mean, because you're talking smart grid there, you're talking Internet of Things there, um, and I was worried that you were headed into the partition jungle, you know, where every piece of the puzzle has a different uh, vendor and it makes it a nightmare if you're trying to integrate into a true smart facility. But the way you're talking tells me it's more of a light-based IoT enabling PoE-based system as opposed to just smart lighting and software involved. It's literally, uh, if I, correct me if I'm uh, wrong uh, or misinterpreting, but your, your, your system is really more a light-based IoT 
infrastructure for smart facilities as opposed to just a way to control the lights. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so one of the things that I had uh, kind of frustrated with my last company was it was difficult to get to those endpoints. So we had 30-some building integrations to get to the data, and then we bring that up to the cloud and do analytics on it. But, mm -hmm. you know, you can only do so much of that. There's uh, so many different commonalities, and there is opportunity to create this, you know, Rosetta Stone that br brings all these worlds together. Um, but then to, do, to bring it in power over Ethernet in particular, uh, there's just nothing. There's very few technologies that even exist to do such a thing. So we did have to get into hardware design and create something that, uh, much to what you're talking about, it enables, it's a node that we call the piece of hardware, and that can connect to just about any light and just about any off-the-shelf sensor. But we're talking about digital and analog inputs and, you know, just power output to the light. So it's not as though it's a deep IT integration as much as it is a hardware, you know, electrical-type integration. And at that point, uh, we do have the capability of daisy-chaining our nodes as well. So imagine it's almost more of an industrial control bus if you really, mm -hmm. um, you know, get down to it. And you have these individual nodes that have inputs and outputs uh, of power and uh, the ability to read data or read uh, analog and digital inputs and make sense of that and then relay that back through the network so that software does something interesting with it. And, but also using that power over Ethernet for power as much as the data. So you can have lights literally using the power over Ethernet line just like a voice over IP phone or an IP camera to source mm -hmm. that power to keep the light on as well as control it. Right. Well, um, Dwight, now, but the one thing about an intelligent system is ho uh, either A, uh, hopefully you've uh, built some scalability into it for functionalities that you may not have yet seen, and or B, giving the existing system, I know my audience, and well, I mean, hopefully as many design engineers in the universe are in it, but I also know the design engineering community, and there are going to be ways that your system is going to be used that neither one of us will think about in an hour of uh, speculation. I mean, it's really the mm -hmm. beautiful part about an, in, an intelligent system is you could take it and do things with it that even the creators didn't think of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that is something that's extremely important. We think about it as a platform, and the beauty of an IoT platform is that you can use it in ways that, like you just said, you you'd never would imagine. So we've spent a lot of time uh, focused on being an open platform that you can, everything that we can do in our software, we expose through our API so that over time, more and more apps can be developed that create, you know, interesting synergies between systems. So, for instance, uh, once again, you know, these building control systems traditionally have been very complex and opaque and using protocols that are difficult to implement if you're not familiar or if you don't have test equipment. So mm -hmm. we wanted to open up that world so that, uh, you know, integrators and, and uh, people that want to create those synergies can do it quickly. So we had an instance where a Crestron control system was being implemented in a boardroom, 
and they were able to integrate to our software so that uh, they could bring in the lighting control along with the AV and the shade control and have it mm-hmm. within the, a nice Crestron user interface, and they were able to do that within just a couple of days. So they said that that was an unprecedented uh, amount of time, you know, very, very, very quick. And um, But you think about safety, security, health, occupant comfort, energy efficiency, there's so many different themes to create apps. Um, another example would be using the motion sensing data, the motion sensors that are for lights, typically that data is just lost. But what if you could mm-hmm. use it in schools where you said, you know, at certain times schools shouldn't have motion in certain rooms because they're not supposed to be occupied. And if there's something going on at 2 in the morning or even during the day when a school room's not supposed to be utilized, do something. You know, it gets that data tied in and utilize it for your security system. Things like that provides huge value. Right. Well, or, Dwight, even something along the lines of uh, smart home in that if grandma doesn't move for more than 50, you know, 15 minutes and she's not in her bed, someone should at least go look at her or maybe have the, the cameras in that room check her out or if you're a facility of that nature. I mean, the, the, the ability to track and cater to human beings in rooms goes starts with security and just there again there's so many places you can go with that yeah yeah and that's where it goes all the way back to just like you were saying earlier it's all about being a platform that allows people to innovate and you know based on the vertical so elderly Mm -hmm. you know you've got that education you've got uh, the safety and there's all these different verticals and each one has its unique um, business objectives that yep. in order to tailor a solution for that, it needs to be, you know, someone who's familiar with that domain. And for us, we can't be familiar with all that. We, you know, we've got to be an enabler of providing it an easy mechanism for someone to utilize that capability and just innovate as fast as possible. You know, the, the other thing that I found with my other business was, there's all these links in the chain in the building system, and it's very easy for one of those to fail and to be lost. Uh, these systems are very difficult to troubleshoot and, and not usually very transparent, and usually just the vendor knows how to troubleshoot the system, so then you've got to bring them in. We've spent a lot of time uh, providing tier two type tools that all the data in each one of these links in the chain all that data is accumulated and brought up to the cloud so that you can see in dashboards where there's issues and you can also be alerted through email and so forth. But you can dive down into those particular issues and find out what's going on. And then we can provide Tier 2 support remotely more effectively than most people can provide Tier 1 support uh, locally because we can also be alongside uh, you know, whoever the installer is or the operator and be helping them understand what these errors mean. So we really see it as uh, something that, in many cases, you develop a platform or you know install a platform. It seems like it has all this promise, but then you get stuck in the myriad of just trying to get it to operate the way it was supposed to, and you never get to those interesting things. And so we're just trying to create a you know literally a plug-and-play solution from top to bottom where. You know, physically, it's all plug-and-play. It's all RJ45 Ethernet cable, um, even throughout our daisy chain. And then 
it, it just naturally, you know, you just associate things in the software, it just works, and it just populates that data up to the cloud without you having to do anything. So all of it is as much plug-and-play as possible. Right. Well, and but given that, because of the nature of it, it's going to require some hand-holding. Uh, one of the things that came out, there are other spaces in the engineering world that are also going through disruptive change. And one of the, com and the common denominator between these disruptive spaces is that the sales pitch is as, an, as educational as it is uh, commerce-based. And so what kind of support do you offer the people who want to get involved to help them make that hurdle and implement it in a way that you know they'll come back? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's our primary business model is a licensing model. So we, uh, we focus on licensing our technology to manufacturers uh, and work with resellers primarily. But we don't, uh, we, you know, we also sell directly to end customers, but it's really, uh, that's not the primary part of our business in that, um, you know, we really want to enable a community. And mm -hmm. so helping train and, you know, bringing people in to, um, it, you know, be part of that development process is important to us. And we spend a lot of time uh, working towards that and, and getting people through, uh, you know, enabling their products to be on this ecosystem uh, and, and working, you know, if they have apps that they're developing or integrations, you know, spending a lot of time on that as well. So uh, it's a major focus for us. Great. Well, and uh, I think that's critical because you could have the best device, service, whatever in the world, but if it doesn't provide a real solution and it, it isn't easily implemented, then it's just wasted effort and it doesn't move the ball forward. So I think it's really great that you have this concept you're following through. And frankly, your background speaks for the success of what you're doing because you've been through the tunnel and you recognize how far away the light can be. But it sounds like right now you're moving very uh, well into the sunlight because the time for all of this has come. I mean, the fact that we're on a power engineering show talking about smart lighting shows the importance of energy management now and power management now at every facet of uh, electronic engineering and how it's how, how the functionality um, is two-faced. It gives the user what they need, but it also provides the facility manager the tools they need to really, really cut wasted energy and really, really save significant amounts of money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we see, you know, we have looked at uh, a number of different research organizations, and one of them is Strategies Unlimited, and they talk about how tens of billions of dollars worth of energy usage would be saved if people moved to advanced control systems and LED lighting. Uh, the, you know, it's the largest, lighting traditionally has been the largest consumer of electricity within a building. Uh, it, it's the lowest hanging fruit. So if you're able to utilize it, um, you know, you can have all sorts of great things. And, you know, one of the challenges, though, is... LED lighting lasts a long time, which is a good thing, but at the same mm -hmm. time, um, it means that if you don't future-proof what you install with something that can evolve over time, which, you know, we can do firmware updates and 
and, and there's going to be more devices that you can attach to the lights and things like that. So, you know, by it being a platform that is future-proof, then it's going to be growing with you. But if you just put in product uh, that's going to stay with you for a long time, you're not going to have that opportunity. So, uh, you know, that's a, another big advantage. But, uh, you know, traditionally, once again, uh, advanced control systems hasn't been utilized in more than, you know, 4% of buildings. And the reason being is that they're just complex, that they're difficult to right. install and to maintain. So the penetration for advanced control systems, even though they've been around for a long time, is very low, and you typically only see them in large buildings. And the opportunity with this plug-and-play system is it's viable and has a nice payback, especially with new construction where, you know, there's extra expenses for some of these materials, but it's offset by the fact that it's so much easier to install. So it's you get that... Uh, you get a better product at the end of the day than just uh, a dumb fluorescent install, and it's going to be mm-hmm. something that can scale with you over time and be flexible. It you know, provides all this other IoT uh, capability. Excellent. Now, Dwight, where do people go to get information? What's the website? Oh, it's uh, igor-tech.com. So that's I-G-O-R-T-E-C-H. Dot com. Excellent. Hey, uh, unfortunately, it is a podcast, and uh, we don't have a lot of time, but one of the things I always do with my guests before I let them go is I let them have the last uh, word on my show, and it could be a little bit more about uh, the products and services, uh, something else about the company, or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours. Well, I really appreciate it, Alex. I uh, appreciate the time that you've given me, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about what this means for the lighting industry and you know lighting is really just the beginning it's really the um, you know it's the way to justify using a payback model for energy efficiency but once you have the system in you know you can deploy any sensor anytime anywhere you can also move around the lights very easily Uh, think about retail space and needing to move your lights around based on how you want to change the floor around you don't have to bring in an electrician to do these things it's very flexible it changes your building into an agile structure that changes with your needs uh, as your needs change, you know, and as you change how you use the building. So it's a, a, a real game changer as to how, uh, how a technology can transform your building envelope to, to meet your needs over time. I couldn't agree more, Dwight. Thank you again so much for taking the time to be on the show. And I'm definitely dragging you back on because this is a fascinating space and it's a moving target. Well, I really appreciate it, Alex. Thank you very much. Oh, the pleasure is mine. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Power Systems Design. Have a great day. Uh Uh-oh.